Well, good morning. It's great to be here with you guys this morning. Um, just in case you're wondering, what child is this? They're talking about Jesus in that song. So, <laughs> um, yeah, as Peter said, I I, uh, I did not get in a fight, even though it looks like I might have. Um, I, uh, I I maybe I did get in a fight with shingles and I lost, but. Um, yeah, it's still good to be here with you guys this morning, and I think I look worse than I feel. Um, yesterday I felt pretty bad, but today I'm feeling okay, so it's good to be here, and um, I hope you guys had a Merry Christmas, and Happy New Year. You know, last time I was up here I said Happy New Year, but that was, that was for the start of the church calendar year, so this is Happy New Year, uh, start of 2021, and you know, 2020... <laughs> Maybe some of you are tired of people talking about 2020, yes, but it was just one of those years. <laughs> yeah, my wife's like, please stop talking about 2020. Um, it's just one of those years. I'm so, uh, you know, it's so glad that it's over and done. Um, I hope we never have to think about it again or talk about it again. At least, you know, this is kind of what a lot of us do. Um, you know, the past is in the past. It's buried and gone. You know, no need to dig, up, dig it up again. Um, but I think this is because we're kind of future-oriented people, right? You know, most of us probably already have some of our New Year's resolutions picked out. You know, we're already thinking about the future and about what 2021 is going to look like and how, you know, we're going we're gonna to do these New Year's resolutions. And, you know, we've got goals to accomplish. We have maybe a new fitness plan to follow, uh, new spending habits, or maybe even relationship goals. But... So I know some of us are trying to forget 2020, but I, I want to see how much we remember about 2020. So I'm going to do a couple of fun facts here, all right? So I'm going to ask a question, and if you know the answer, just go ahead and yell it out, all right? If you, if you got the answer, go ahead and yell it out. Jesus, <laughs> what child is this? No, okay, sorry. Um, okay, in 2020, what movie won Best Picture? I thought this one might be the hardest. It's a little bit, it's a little bit difficult. It was a foreign, it was a foreign movie. It was really kind of, kind of strange. What was that? Parasite. Parasite. That's right. You got it. Parasite won Best Picture. If you haven't seen it, it's fine. I mean, you be prepared to read the subtitles as you're watching it, but it was actually a pretty good movie. Um, what was the name of the Netflix documentary that grabbed pretty much everybody's attention during the beginning of the pandemic? Tiger King. <laughs> yeah, if, you know, d during the first bout of quarantine, we, we dipped to a real low, I think. So, um, you know, most people, I think, watched that and then kind of were like, I don't know why I watched that. But um, who won the World Series? I was going to ask about the Super Bowl, but I thought it might be a little bit of a sore subject. The Dodgers. The Dodgers won the World Series. Um, what city was due to host the 2020, now 2021, Olympics? Tokyo, Tokyo yeah. Nice. Uh, this one was a difficult one. I did not remember this one. Who performed the Super Bowl halftime show? Yeah, it wasn't that memorable, I guess. So, uh, J-Lo and Shakira. So, <laughs> um, all right, and the last one, last question is, which private company became the first to launch rockets into outer space? SpaceX, that's right. So, well, yeah, this is kind of just a little fun fact.
facts about 2020, but um, what I do want to do right now is we're going to spend about the next 10 minutes um, doing a little reflection about 2020. So whether you're in the room here or maybe you're online, um, we're going to do we're going to do a kind of an intentional reflection about 2020. And I know a lot of us, like I said, want to put it in the past. A lot of us don't want to think about it. But I think before we move into 2021, and before we come up with even some of those um, resolutions that we have, it's good to think about and reflect on what went on in your life, specifically in 2020. Um, so this is, this is not, <laughs> we're not grading ourselves. This is not like an, an evaluation or a critical reflection. Um, this is simply to just notice, to be present and to notice the places in 2020 where God was, where God was at work in your life. So I'm going to lead us through a, a series of questions. And if you want to just close your eyes while you reflect, or maybe you um, uh, just however you want to reflect, that would be great. So um, the first thing that we're going to do is, is we're just going to become aware of God's presence. So in this moment and at this time, in this place, God is inviting you to be with him. Just to be completely present to him. You know, the scriptures say he stands at the door knocking. So can we this morning open our hearts to be with him? So just take a few deep breaths and become aware and let the Spirit guide this reflection time. for the second part of this. I want you to review the year with gratitude. So start back in January of 2020 and just kind of walk through, the, walk through your year. It might be helpful to, if you need to get out your phone and maybe look back through some pictures. It might remind you a little bit of what happened in 2020. But I think this reflection and this gratitude is not just for the good stuff that happened, but it's also for some of those things that may have been difficult. Think about those many moments and experiences you had and give thanks.
next part of the reflection is to pay attention to your emotions. What were some of those emotions that arose most throughout the year? Overall, how did you feel in 2020 and why? choose a theme from your past year. Maybe it's just one word or a phrase. And pray from that. Think about all the many ways you experience the presence of Christ in this theme. One that pops up for me is the theme of transition. Moving to a different state, getting a different job, even the transition into parenthood. So think about that theme from your year and pray from it. invite Christ to shape the year to come.
to pray this prayer together. It's called the welcoming prayer. And I want to pray this over 2021. And uh, I think it's a really appropriate prayer. It was um, by Father Thomas Keating is the one who who came up with it. And uh, so I want to pray this together. So the prayer is on the screen there. And um, there's this slide and then there's one more. So it'll keep going after this. But let's, let's pray this together. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I welcome everything that comes to me this year because I know it's for my healing. I welcome all thoughts, feelings, emotions, persons, situations, and conditions. I let go of my desire for power and control. I let go of my desire for affection, esteem, approval, and pleasure. I let go of my desire for survival and security. I let go of my desire to change any situation, condition, person, or myself. I open to the love and presence of God and God's action within. Amen. So Father, we give you this year. We surrender it to you, God. And all the situations and all the persons and all the emotions and feelings and all the things that come up this year, Lord, we welcome them. Because we know that they are from you. They're gifts from you. So God, even in the difficult times, even in the hard situations and the experiences that we'd rather not have, can we still be grateful? Can we still surrender those things to you? And God, as we reflect on 2020, and we think about all those memories that we've had, some good and some not so good. How we remember that you are present through all of them. And even when it didn't feel like you were at times, Lord, we look back now and we see that you were there. So God, we thank you. And we welcome you into this place this morning. We welcome you into our hearts. God, shape this year to come. Shape us into your image to be who you have created us to be. Let us walk in freedom and let us be genuine. Let us participate in your divine life, Lord, that you have invited us into. We thank you, Father. We pray this in your name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. All right. Well, the scripture today comes from John chapter 1, verses 1 through 14. And it says this, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life. And the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light, the true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. 
He was in the world, and the world came into being through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood, or of the will, or the flesh, or of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and lived among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. So, a small recap of 2020. I know we kind of already did this, but a lot of things happened. A lot of crazy things happened. We had COVID, you know, it started kind of at the beginning of 2020. Some social injustice and unrest and protests, political dissension, economic ups and downs, typhoons, wildfires, hurricanes, and even murder hornets. So it's easy, I think it's easy to give into anxiety. It's easy to give into this, almost this fear and this depression and to let this darkness kind of envelop our lives. But hear this word, in the beginning was the word. In the beginning was the word. The word has been here since the beginning. You know, it takes me back to the Genesis account because I think this correlates a lot with the Genesis account. It's just a little bit different. But in Genesis, the spirit hovers over the water, over chaos, over darkness, and speaks. And it speaks the word. And the word brings flesh and blood and beauty and breath into the world. The word creates. The word spoken, it brings about creation. And in the same way, in John chapter 1, the word, the logos, the logic, the principle of reason that governs the universe, it becomes flesh and it dwells in our midst, in the midst of the chaos, right? In the midst of the political dissension and the protests and everything that's going on and the darkness and the suffering, and that word recreates. So as with the word in Genesis, it creates Well, the word in John, it recreates. And guess what? It is still taking on flesh and recreating even now. God is with us. And and no matter what happened in 2020, no matter what's been going on in your life, can you hold on to that truth that God is with us? Have you ever tried, have you ever tried explaining something to somebody, but you just couldn't find the words, and so you had to, you had to like show them you know, maybe, it's, maybe it was like your trip to the Grand Canyon where you looked upon the Grand Canyon for the first time and you're trying to explain this to your friend who's never seen it, you know, and you're like, all right, I just got to show you. I just got to show you a picture. And even the picture doesn't quite do it justice. You know, I, I, was on a, um, I went on a backpacking trip with, with the college students when I was, when I was working uh, in Kansas City. And we went to Arkansas, and during our backpacking trip, we got to this place that was— um, it was like, I guess it was a dark sky zone is what they called it. And so we were there and we, we noticed that there was these people who had these ginormous telescopes and they were looking up at the sky with them. And, and so finally we went over there and we're like, um, you know, we're like, what are you guys doing? And they're like, well, this is the, the prime night 
in a dark sky zone to look at some of these planets and stars. And, and it was, so they, they were really excited to show us. And, um, and it was amazing. They were showing us things that I had never even heard of. They were showing us other galaxies. They, were, they showed us Jupiter and Saturn. And uh, it just was really an amazing experience. And, and so, you know, some of the students weren't there. They were over at the camp. And I went back and I was like, you guys, like, trying to explain this to them. And then finally, I was just was like, you got to just come see it. And, and they did. And, and it just was such a cool experience for all of us. But that's, that's, that's kind of what's going on here. here. Here is the explanation of God in a word. The explanation of God in a word is Jesus. And so if you want to know what God is like and who God is, look at Jesus. Jesus is the word and the life. And, and it's not something, it's hardly something that we can explain. You have to embody it and you have to experience it. And so that's what's going on here. We have a God who takes on flesh. A God who is not just speaking a word, but is actually becoming the word in flesh. And he has been born as one of us. He is the sign and incarnation of God to say, this is what God is like. If you want to know what God is like, look at Jesus. This is the scandal of the Christian faith, too. We have a God who not only is, is just up there kind of separate from us, but who enters into the world, who enters in and takes on flesh, which is what you and I are. We're flesh. And he takes that on, and he becomes like us in order so that we can become like him. Our God does not remain distant, but he enters into the mess of our lives. And in first, I'm sorry, in Colossians chapter 1, verse 15 through 20, it says this, he is the image of the invisible God. Jesus, the word incarnate, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, for by him all things were created. That's kind of crazy. All things were created by him. In heaven, and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. <laughs> he is holding us all together. In him, he is holding all of our situations, all of the things that have happened in the past year, but really in your whole life, really in all of creation. He is holding these things together. He is the beginning, the firstborn Sorry, and he, uh, verse 17, and he is before all things, and in him all things hold together, and he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, and in everything, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. See, the humanity of Jesus is full. It is the fullness itself. The word made flesh is grace. The flesh is God's glory. Jesus was not pretending to be human. In fact, this was not something that was out of the nature of God. In fact, him entering in and taking on flesh was who God is. The incarnation was not a step away from the nature of God, but it was revealing God, revealing God's true nature to the world. God with us. 
He's revealed in the form of a baby, taking on flesh and blood and beauty and breath. Fully God and fully man. The light of life for all to live by. This light, it conquers the darkness. This light, this God with us shows us that God is, is, is not far away. He's with us and that darkness is not consuming us because he is there. You see, I'm convinced that the purpose of this passage, um, the reflection in John, is not simply about God taking on flesh, but it's also about flesh taking on God. It's to explore how the word becoming flesh has actually empowered us, has empowered humanity to be the incarnate presence of Christ in our world. You and me have the word within us. And we are the flesh and the blood and the beauty and the breath and the new life, a life that is light. And that is good news. That is very good news. See, in verse 12, we see that the authority of the word empowers us to become children of God. See, this is the empowerment brought by the Logos, and it's a direct challenge to the violence and privilege and power and oppressive rule that we live in. So, in verse 13, it says, who were born not of blood or of will or of flesh or the will of man, but of God. You see, we, we don't become children of God by these things, by bloodshed. We don't become children of God because we're, we're better than others or because the will of the flesh, which opposes God, you know, we, we don't become children of God because of our human status seeking, but we become children of God because the word became flesh and empowered humanity to be the presence of Christ, the children of God in our world. So we have been adopted and empowered to become children of God. And this is so crucial because if you don't know who you belong to, then we won't know the gift that we have been given. And so if we don't understand that God has adopted us and it's nothing that we can do or we can say, you know, it's, it's, not, a, it's not a way we can act or uh, to get God to be on our side, to get God to come and save us. But it's this understanding that we are already children of God. He has already called us his beloved. He has already called us the, the he has already told us that he is well pleased with us. And it's not what we do, but it's who we are. And so we have been empowered and adopted. And God takes on flesh through the word so that we can see what it means to be fully human. So as we're looking at the example of Jesus and as we see the word made flesh, we see what it means to live in life, in light. And so as we take on that example and as we really, as we take on Christ within us, he starts to be incarnate in us. He takes on our flesh. And we start to become what it means to be fully human, to become like Christ. But that flesh is meant to, sorry, the flesh is not only meant to take on, I'm sorry, God is not only meant to take on the flesh, but the flesh is also meant to take on God. God was incarnate in us, and he made his home within our hearts. And he says, I and the Father are one, and you are in me, and I am in him. In John chapter 17, he says, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. 
Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that we, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me so that they may be brought to complete unity that the world will know that you have sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. See, this is the good news of not only 2021, but of all time. Salvation has been born into the world and has made his home within our hearts. We have the very presence of Christ living within us. I don't know if we believe that all the time. I know I don't sometimes. It's hard for me to believe that, that I have the very presence of Christ living within me, that God has actually taken on my flesh to be that word. We have the very presence of Christ living within us. Now, this doesn't mean, this doesn't mean that we're all created as gods, but rather we are participating. He's invited us to participate in the divine because Christ has drawn us in. You see, Christ is the includer and we are the included. He is salvation, and salvation is that unity with the divine. Paul describes the church as the body of Christ. He says, now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. See, Jesus was the incarnate word of God. He put on flesh to show us what God was like, and now the church, the church is the incarnate word, the flesh of Christ living out our faith in a way where the world can see Jesus through us and through our lives and through the life light that he's given us. So each of us has a part to play, and really this is the beauty of community and the commission of the church in a world drowning in chaos. God has commissioned and rather empowered. He has empowered the church to be the flesh and the blood and the beauty and the breath. Jesus is the head of the body, and we, you and me, in this building and online and wherever we're gathered, we put flesh to that logos. We put flesh to that word. These these things that that cannot be explained sometimes, they have to be seen. And, And I think you know, sometimes in a world where God seems to not be with us, God seems to be distant or not present, uh, you're like, where is God? Well, he's, he's right here. He's within us. He's within you and me and the church. And he's called us to take on flesh. See, God is with us. There are times, you know, where, where this is hard to believe. And there's times where, where people need somebody with skin. (laughs) They need somebody with skin to embody this. They need somebody with skin to embody Christ's love for them. You know, we need people with flesh and blood to be present with us. I think about when Paxton cries in the middle of the night, and usually it's my wife getting up to to get him. (laughs) But sometimes I'll get up to get him, and and it's, I don't get up and get him and and say, hey, Paxton, God's with you, buddy. Okay, go back to sleep. (laughs) Because he doesn't need to just hear that word. He needs that word embodied. He needs, he needs flesh and blood and for me to comfort him and to be near him. And we all need that at times. You know, it's easy to, to hear that word that God is with us and that, um, 
you know, but, but it's a lot harder to accept that until somebody comes along and is embodying that for you. You know, I think about our, um, I think about Deb Sinnott and this team that has literally come alongside of her and just visited her in the hospital every day, has, has gone to her house. There's a team of six or seven people who have been doing this, and, and this is what it means to be the incarnate flesh. This is what it means to be the body of Christ. And she, she's actually even voiced that a few times. I love my church, she says. I love my church because they just are Christ to me. They're the presence of Jesus to me. And, and people need that. All of us need that. All of us need people to come alongside of us and actually be that flesh and blood and embody the presence and the word, to embody the word to each other. You know, there's something about community. This is why relationship is so important. This is why God created us to be in relationship. Because if we're trying to do this solo, it's too hard. It's too hard to do this on our own. And when we're not in relationship, we just aren't experiencing the presence of Christ in the way that, to, to its fullness. And so we need each other. We need each other to embody the presence of Christ. See, the ministry of presence is showing up, and it's putting on flesh. It's putting on Christ. You know, I love verse 14, and I specifically love it in the message version. Eugene Peterson uh, writes this in uh, John chapter 1, verse 14. He said, the word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. I love that. I love that because the word becomes present with creation in the midst of the chaos and the mess. It doesn't shy away. It doesn't avoid it. It becomes present. And, and I think that is not just Christ doing that, but that's who he has empowered us to be as well, to become that word that's flesh and blood that moves into the neighborhood. Whatever that looks like for you, maybe it's um, caring for uh, a sick relative, or maybe it's um, just visiting somebody who's lonely, but being that presence of Christ in those situations by the ministry of presence. It says, we, we saw the glory with our own eyes, the one-of-a-kind glory, the Father, like Father, like Son, generous inside and out, true from start to finish. To become human is to become like Jesus. Jesus is fully man and fully God, and he's invited us in to participate in that divine life. Even in all the crap of 2020, there was actually some good news. There's some really good news about 2020. Uh, there was a, a Syrian doctor who ran an underground children's hospital, saved hundreds of lives during, during one of the Syrian wars. This is the presence of Christ. This is the presence of Christ in our world. Thousands of Airbnb hosts offered their homes to hospital workers for free. It's good news. This is the presence of Christ. A 16-year-old pilot flew gloves, masks, and other medical supplies to rural hospitals because he couldn't drive, <laughs> but he could fly. <laughs> who, knew, who knew you could get your pilot's license <laughs> before your driver's license? But he would fly these medical supplies to these hospitals in need in these rural areas that weren't getting what they had. And that's, that's the presence of Christ. That's the good news. A church in the Netherlands this, this really right here is the incarnate, <laughs> I feel like the incarnate presence of Christ in the church. A church in Netherlands held service for 96 days straight to protect refugee families. I guess in the Netherlands they have this law where you can't interact or you can't interrupt a worship service. And so they had some refugees in their worship service and they, um, 
they wanted to send them back to, to this terrible situation, this, this country that they had lived in that was um, kind of on the brink of disaster. And, and so this church literally held service, like actually worshiping. And it wasn't just like they sat in the church, they were worshiping and praying. And they held service for 96 straight days to, to keep them from being deported. And after 96 days, I think the Netherlands actually changed a few of their laws. And um, it not only Im- impacted this family, but it impacted all sorts of refugee families in that area. That's the, that's the presence of Christ. And then there was a doctor from Kansas City. His name was Gary Morse. He developed what was called the COVID Care Force. And this provided health care for Native Americans during COVID. Uh, not just Native Americans, but people in need specifically. But the Native Americans were a culture who were experiencing COVID positive 3.5 times higher than the general population. So he created a team of doctors and volunteer nurses, and they, these nurses gave up their two weeks vacation time, and they would go to New Mexico and serve, serve these Native Americans there. And, um, you know, it just, it just is an amazing thing that they would give up themselves to become the presence of Christ for these people. The presence of Christ, the incarnate presence of Christ, offers hope. See, the world, sorry, the word showed us the beauty of life. And the life was a light that revealed to us who God is. Not only who God is in Jesus, but who God is in each of us. You see, the fullness of God was pleased to dwell in Jesus. Jesus reveals the true nature of God by giving him flesh and blood and beauty and breath. In the same way, the church reveals the nature of Christ by giving him flesh and blood and beauty and breath. We are the presence of Christ in the world. We are the sanctuary where the fullness of God chooses to dwell. We are the good news. So let's get this straight, because I think it can be easy to confuse this at times. Uh, it's not about good works. You know, all these people were doing these amazing things, but it's not, it's not about that. That's not, good works are not, uh, don't get Christ to be more present. <laughs> Rather, it's the fact that we have been empowered. In, in verse 12 of this, of first John, or of John, it says that he has empowered us he has adopted us to be children of Christ. And so it's that we've been empowered. We have been drawn in to participate with the divine as individuals, but also as a community. So, you know, I, I asked the last reflection question for 2020 was, look toward 2021. And in what ways do you embody the good news to, you, to those around you? You have been drawn into the divine experience to participate in the divine action in our world by being the tangible, incarnate life and light of Christ. That's you. That's me. That's the church. That is who the church has been called to be. So what does that look like for you? What does that look like for our church? You know, maybe it's, it's joining our Helping Hands team. You know, people all the time come, come to us with a need. And we send it out on the Helping Hands team list, this email list that we have. And whoever can meet that need on that list responds and says, yeah, I'll, I'll take care of it or I'll, I'll be a part of that, whatever that looks like. 
So maybe it's part of being our helping hands team. Maybe it's, maybe it's becoming like those at Christ Body Ministry. Christ Body Ministry, uh, Steve Mercer is actually on the board there, and um, they are consistently finding new and creative ways to be present with the homeless. These people who are hurting and in need, and especially in this city, and they're consistently trying to find ways to be with them, whether that's feeding them or whether that's just giving them showers. Uh, I think they're, they're trying to do some, some mobile showers now and to get a food truck. And so maybe it's participating with them or maybe it's becoming a mentor for a single mother who's trying to turn their life around at Beyond Home. Beyond Home is an organization that, um, that a couple of people here are involved with and, and they do a ton of work with single, family, single parent families. And part of that work is by mentoring these mothers, these, these mothers who are trying to um, get their education and be in a, in a specific career. Maybe it's caring for an aging parent or being present with someone who is hurting. Maybe it's just as simple as that, just being present with somebody who's going through a hard time. Or writing a note to a school teacher or nurse. You know, those who are in these professions where, um, you know, you can't really escape the, what's going on in our world. And, and so maybe it's writing a, just an encouraging note to them or shoveling your neighbor's drive. Maybe it's simply loving your spouse and your kids and being present with them. There's all sorts of ways to be this incarnate presence of Christ in our world. And he has empowered us to do that. And so as we move to the table, I think this is really a perfect transition because here, here is this physical representation, this physical reminder that, oh, wow. <laughs> this physical reminder that Christ that the word has been made flesh. The flesh and the blood and the beauty and the breath, right? And, and I think this quote right here really sums up this quote from David Bentley Hart. Um, it says, the scandal of Christianity's origin, the great offense this new faith gave to gods of antiquity, a God who goes about in the dust of Exodus for love of a race, who apparels himself in common human nature. Ooh, I love that. He apparels himself in common human nature in the form of a servant who brings good news to those who suffer and victory to those who are as nothing, who dies like a slave and an outcast without resistance, who penetrates the very depths of hell in pursuit of those he loves, and who persists even after death. <laughs> Not as a hero lifted up, to Olympian glories, but in the company of peasants, breaking bread with them and offering them solace in his wounds. This is what this table is about. It's an invitation to be present with Christ, for him to be present with us. And as we come to this table, we see that his flesh has been broken for us. And in the same way, the cup, the new covenant shed in his blood has been poured out for us. And every time you eat of this bread and drink of this cup, you do so and you remember that Christ is incarnate in you. 
And that as we take this piece of bread, his body, his flesh, and we dip it in his blood, and we consume it, that we are actually consuming the very presence of Christ. And that this presence of Christ is now living within our hearts. And this is what empowers us to go out into the world and to be this broken body and this shed blood for everyone around us. And so as we come to the table today, I would ask you to think about that. I ask you to reflect on this idea that you are actually consuming the presence of Christ and that this presence is being born within you just as Christ is being born into the world. He's being born in our hearts. And this is the good news. This is the good news of 2021 and of all time is that we, we are the presence of Christ in our world and that he has empowered us to be his children. So Father, thank you for this time. Thank you f- that you have revealed yourself to us in this way. Lord, that you didn't just simply use words, but that you were the word and that word became flesh. That word was Jesus, and Jesus showed us what it meant to be fully human. And he invited us to participate in the divine life. And so God, can we accept that invitation and to become who you have truly created us to be? So God, thank you for the good news. And Lord, as we participate in your communion, Lord, we remember that you have bound us together. That you said, I am in them, and you are in me, and God, we are all one. And so thank you for that, Lord. Thank you for that promise and that blessing. Pray this in your name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So as we continue worshiping, there's two tables, and they're little communion-to-go cups because of COVID. So uh, if you want to just make your way up to the table and grab one of those cups, you can take it back to your seat and consume it there. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood, moved into our hearts. So can we accept that promise today that we have been empowered to become children of God? And can we use that empowerment to go from here and to become the very presence of Christ to those we interact with. Father, thank you for this promise. Thank you for the truth of Jesus. Lord, that as we look at Jesus, we see you. We see God. See who you have truly, you see your true nature. This wasn't something outside of who you were, Lord, but this is exactly who you were. So, God, we accept your blessing. We accept this empowerment that we are children of God, Lord. And, and Lord, we go from here and we want to empower others in the same way. So, God, thank you. Thank you for your flesh and your blood and your beauty and your breath. Thank you for the church your commissioning of this church, Lord, to be the sanctuary, to be the very place where the presence of God dwells. We love you, Lord, and we know that you love us. 
And so, God, we go from this place with your presence. We pray this in your name, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in his presence.